I've got, a, I've, I've got a whole sermon on listening and hearing and obeying the voice of the Lord. The Chiefs are playing at noon, and I've got something else on my heart. I'll preach this sermon uh, next week. It's not because of the Chiefs, but the, legitimately, they're playing at noon, right, Jason? Come on. Come on. I got something else. I, I just got to get out. I got to get out. And this is uh, in Luke chapter 1. Be short and sweet. Come next week for that sermon, Lord willing. Zechariah 1, chapter 1, verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. How will it be that we will have this baby? How will it be that Elizabeth will have who we know to be John the Baptist? And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not actively believe in faith. You did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Zechariah walks out from making offerings in the temple, and he's mute, and there is no speaking for him for those nine long months. Verse 57, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. And they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. And they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was set free. And he began to speak, praising God. And what did he say? He prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He raised up a horn of salvation for us. In the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. Listen, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, 
will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord, and you will prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the path of peace. That's a good first sentence after nine months of silence. Zechariah's mouth was closed because of a lack of faith. His mouth was opened by an act of faith. He wrote on the tablet, his name will be John, in an act of faith. And his mouth was released. And he began to prophesy, praising the Lord. He was silent for those nine long months of birthing and development because of his doubt and his unbelief and his sight, the circumstances around him that says, how can this possibly be? Which, by the way, was way more plausible than Mary's circumstance. The virgin shall be with child. The old woman Elizabeth, much easier to get pregnant than the virgin. So my eighth child... The new beginning, his name is Bradford, crossing over the broad ford, was born to us a month ago. And in his mouth were four different ties, two buckle ties on the side and a lip tie and a big tongue tie down here. Twice as much as we've ever had on any, any child. We've only had this happen one time. Kyle found it first, right after he was born. His mouth was tight, closed. He, he was not able to eat well. Tiny baby. So on November 1st, we had to take him to the dentist, the specialized process they do with the laser, and I had to sit there and listen to my baby get cut on. You're right. It just hurts even thinking about it. And this is a tenth of what some of y'all have been through with, with true like surgeries and true procedures, but it hurts still listening to that. And he was cut, and he was cut, and he was cut, and he was cut, and his mouth was wounded. And I got a text a couple of days after that from my Uncle Sam. And he said, and immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was free. And he began to speak praise in the Lord. This is a sign for the church. This is a sign for the church in this season who has been silent because of doubt and unbelief. We have been silent Because we have looked with our eyes and deduced reality based on circumstances. But now the Lord is loosing our tongues. He is setting us free that we might speak forth the word of the Lord in this generation, in this season. It's painful. It's painful for the heart of the Lord when he has to circumcise us and he has to cut away flesh. It hurts his heart when we hurt. But I tell you, it's for our good. The knife is for our good right now, church. The suffering is for our good, church. The suffering that is coming is for our good, church. That we might, without fear, proclaim the goodness of God. And without fear, we might proclaim his coming, like John the Baptist. He's coming to lead our feet into the path of peace because of his tender mercy for us. It is a time of alarm. 
There is no time to waste anymore on this. We must be set free to, without fear, speak forth the word of the Lord. And so I just wanted to sow that into you today. That wherever you feel held back and your tongue feels silent or you literally feel, you guys know what I'm talking about? I literally can't open my mouth when it comes time to speak the word. I literally feel tongue-tied when it comes to sharing the gospel sometimes. It's a result of doubt and unbelief. We have been dampened by unbelief. We have been watered down. And as we prayed this morning, as I'm praying for you, each one of you by name, again last night, stir it up, Lord. Because when the fire comes, the dross burns away and we begin to walk in our authority. We're no longer under, but we're walking in our authority. We have power and authority to speak forth the word. Church, it is time to let the Holy Spirit come and do his work. More fire, more fire within that we might let it come up and out of our mouths. And I'm pleading with you to cooperate with the cutting right now. And wherever he's placed his knife on you or in your mouth, that you would respond with an act of faith. What is he calling you to do? What is he calling you to speak forth or to write or to release the social pressure that was on Elizabeth and John or Zechariah, the social pressure to name this boy Zechariah? What is the social pressure on you right now that you have to cast off and say, no, his name will be John because Gabriel spoke it? What pressure must you cast off to be able to walk in faith? Family, co-workers, reputation. What is it? And I promise you, your tongue will be released. That's all. Let's stand up. Come next week. I really want to preach that sermon. <laughs> Bless these people, Lord. I pray for an opportunity. I just want to invite you as an opportunity to respond to this word this morning. If you feel tongue-tied, literally bound when you know you should be speaking the word, and you don't even know what it's going to take to loosen your tongue, but you know that's what you want. I want to encourage you to receive prayer for that today. I want to encourage you to come up and pray and receive prayer that you would begin to speak forth the praises of the Lord and prophesy and tell people of His coming. So Lord, I pray for a yes and amen in each heart in this room to your word, to your word that's been planted within us, that we would respond in faith and not doubt and unbelief, Lord. You have something? Come on. Sister Michelle came up here to... Sure. Just something real quick. Um, this week we've been praying for Jan a lot, and I just felt from the Lord the last few days to just be so grateful to just to not to not start praying for her, mm -hmm. um, 
asking for needs to be met, but instead to start just being grateful for everything God's already done. And then this last week, Jan posted a video. Um, They had a prayer, dance, and worship service, Mm -hmm. and they all just danced for the Lord. And the Lord was just reminding me, like, whatever the trial that Jan's going through, the trial that that we each of us are facing, um, to face it first with a grateful heart, a thankful heart, and a joyful heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, bless you all. Please respond to any tugging on your heart right now the Spirit's doing.